الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذ قال لقمان لابنه وهو يعظه يا بني لا تشرك بالله إن الشرك لظلم عظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلاة عماد الدين من أقامها فقد أقام الدين ومن هدمها فقد هدم الدين أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Respected Ulamai Kiram, brothers and elders The Quran Sharif is an entire ruku which deals with the advices or relates the advices that Dukhmani on one occasion gave to his son Everything in the Quran Sharif is for hidayat, it is for guidance. Zalikal kitabu la riba fi hudal lil muttaqeen. Allah says regarding the Quran Sharif that it is hidayat for the muttaqeen. Those who want to traverse the path of taqwa, they want to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala, then the cause, the path that they have to now adopt, that is the path of the Qur'an Sharif which then Nabi Wasallam further explained and that is the Hadith Sharif so this is the path that we have to adopt and among the various lessons in the Qur'an Sharif Allah Ta'ala gives us some lessons by bringing to our attention the advices that Luqman gave to his son what were these advices? In the first ayat that was just recited, Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِبْنِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِذُ Nothing in the Qur'an Sharif is there just by chance. Nothing is there without any particular purpose and object, without a specific meaning into it. Here again, Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِبْنِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِذُ Let's recall the time when Luqman said to his son, what he said to his son that could have been related thereafter, but Allah Ta'ala says, وَهُوَ يَعِذُ While he was advising him. While he was advising him, what is the message, what is the lesson in this? That this is something that is an ongoing task, an ongoing responsibility of every parent, not just on a once-off basis, but to constantly be advising their children. This is not something that is done and over with once, once or twice, but وَهُوَ يَعِذُهُ That very manner in which this has been expressed gives us the meaning of continuity. That this was an ongoing thing. It wasn't something that happened once or twice and was done with. So this is the responsibility of a parent that he should be advising his children, advising them about deen, advising them about being righteous, fulfilling the commands of Allah wa ta'ala, following, following the way of Rasulullah wasallam, staying away from haram, from every sin. As time goes, sometimes children grow up, then they become independent to a point. But even that does not bring about a situation where now that advice should stop. 
that advice should carry on. With hikmah, with wisdom, in a good manner. Allah knows best when that advice might strike. When it might strike, that also is not in our hands and neither is it our, in our control. But our control is to do what we are responsible for. To keep advising, that is our responsibility. When it might get into the heart of somebody, that is in the hands of Allah Ta'ala. And when it will be, Allah knows, some moment in time, when it has come out with the true ikhlas from ourselves, when the genuine sincerity was in it, the true desire for somebody else's welfare, not just merely something for our benefit. Many a times, some advice is given to somebody, but the primary objective in that is our benefit. Why our benefit? I must not be disgraced. So therefore I need to sort this out. My benefit that if this doesn't come right, maybe I will lose out somewhere else in something. This person now, he, if he doesn't do what is right, somebody else might have a problem with me. So the primary issue became me. Whereas this should be primarily, when giving advice, primarily the benefit of the person giving, be giving advice to. That Allah Ta'ala accept him also. Yes, it should be done that we are addressing ourselves also, but not for our personal benefits. The ulterior motive shouldn't be there. That will come by the way. So in any case, this is something that is an ongoing responsibility. And Nukmani Salatu Wasalam, this is what Allah Ta'ala is referring to, Among the many, many times that he advised him, this was one of the advice, one of the occasions that he advised him. What was the advice? How did it start off? The first advice he gave him, Ya Bunayya la tushrik billah. Oh my beloved son, Ya Bunayya. The diminutive, the word Bunay, it shows something that's brought small, like a little child. Whereas he might not have been little if he's been given such great advices. He might not have been a little child. But this was an address of love, of affection. The lesson in this again, that that advice must not be given like a kind of command that is being just rattled off. The affection should come through in it. That there is genuine concern, that there is genuine love, that there is true desire for the person's welfare. And that is picked up not only in the words, but in the tone, in the manner in which it was mentioned and said. All these things will indicate what extent of affection there was in it, what extent of love and concern there was in it. So all this is necessary. So he said to his son, Ya Bunayya la tushrik billah. First advice he gave him, which is the very foundation of Iman. That make sure that you are completely, your tawheed, your faith in the oneness of Allah Ta'ala, is unblemished in any way. It is not tainted with any kind of shirk. Do not ascribe partners with Allah Ta'ala in any way. La tushrik billah. Don't ever commit shirk and ascribe partners to Allah Ta'ala. Because inna shirk ala ghulmun azim. Shirk is a major zulm. It's the worst zulm. It's the worst oppression that a person can commit. We indeed become very, very 
disturbed when we see the zulm or hear about the zulm that is happening in the world. Indeed, that is a terrible zulm. But the worst zulm, Allah Ta'ala is saying in the Quran Sharif, إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ The worst zulm is shirk and ascribing partners to Allah Ta'ala. One is that a person, Allah forbid, somebody is worshipping someone besides Allah Ta'ala. That is completely clear shirk. The Hindus worship some idols, somebody is worshipping, worshipping some cow, somebody is worshipping some tree, somebody is worshipping something else. All this is obviously clear-cut shirk. But together with that, ascribing partners in the exclusive attributes of Allah Ta'ala. This too is shirk. Those aspects which are exclusive with Allah Ta'ala, Allah alone has the control of these things. Nobody but Allah Ta'ala has the power over these things. To now believe that someone besides Allah Ta'ala can do this for me, that too is shirk. Ibrahim wasalam, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions to us and gives us this detail that Ibrahim wasalam, when he communicated with his people and he was trying to and bringing this reality of Tawheed to them and eliminating every trace of shirk from them and bringing them onto the Tawheed. What did he say? That I believe in one Allah Ta'ala. Who is Allah Ta'ala? Alladhi huwa yut'imuni wa yasqeen. Allah Ta'ala is that being who gives me food to eat and he gives me food and drink. Allah Ta'ala feeds me. As far as the apparent means are concerned, we will use the means. But rizq comes from Allah Ta'ala alone. Now this is a very fundamental aqidah and belief. That rizq comes from Allah alone. And when this aqidah and belief is correct in a person, then he won't resort to haram to try and fill his belly, to try and feed his family. Because he realizes that haram doesn't sustain me. The provider is Allah Ta'ala. So I should turn to Allah Ta'ala alone. And I should beg him. He is the provider. So when this aqidah and belief is correct, now no matter what kind of lucrative deal might come in front of a person, but if it is not in order, if the elements of haram are involved in it, and he won't want to have anything to do with it. If it's going to be something that is not in accordance with the commands of Allah Ta'ala and what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught us, he wants to have nothing to do with it. Because his faith and belief and aqidah is Allah alone sustains me and provides for me. So he'll turn to Allah Ta'ala alone. Alladhi huwa yut'imuni wa yasqeen. Wa iza maridtu fa huwa yashfeen. When I am ill, Allah alone gives cure. Nobody but Allah Ta'ala gives cure. Cure is not in the hands of anyone. Treatment, that is a means. Allah Ta'ala has made this dunya and this world a place of means. So if a person is ill, he will adopt the means, he will undertake treatment, but his faith and belief is that Allah alone will give shifa. And Allah Ta'ala wills, then that treatment might become a means of shifa and cure. And if Allah Ta'ala wills, that very same treatment can lead to a person's death also. Something just say no well, something didn't work out. There was some reaction. Something went wrong. Something didn't work as we expected. All these kind of things will be said, but the reality is Allah Ta'ala willed that this must not become a means of shifa, it went in another direction. And 
And Allah is that being who will give me death one day and He will bring me alive again on the day of Qiyamah. And وَالَّذِي أَطْمَعُوا أَنْ يَغْفِرَ لِي خَطِيئَةِ يَوْمَدِينِ Ibrahim Islam is teaching his people. He's teaching them that this is what you should have in your hearts. That my entire hope is with Allah Ta'ala that He will forgive me on the day of Qiyamah. But the Anbiya alayhi salatu wa salam are ma'asoom, they are sinless. Despite that, they have this concern. So how much we should be having this concern? But the point and the lesson in this was that Luqman is teaching his son this fundamental aqidah and belief. La tushrik billah inna shirka la ghulmun azim. Don't ever ascribe any partners with Allah Ta'ala. The shirk is the worst zulm. So to believe that anyone besides Allah Ta'ala can give me cure, anyone besides Allah Ta'ala can give me children, anyone besides Allah Ta'ala can provide for me, then all this is gone off the tank. Allah alone does this. Thereafter in the Quran Sharif, after this ayat, Allah Ta'ala is giving us the advices that Ma'i Salatu Salam gave to his son. But in the midst of this, Allah Ta'ala says, وَسَيْنَ الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ The rights of parents are then mentioned right in the middle of this. On the one side, he comments with the advice of a father to the son. And in the midst of this advice, Allah Ta'ala is giving us the rights of the parents. And the crux of these next two ayat are that you make sure that your parents are given the highest regard and respect. Don't ever cause them any kind of difficulty and hardship. To the extent that, out of the, the second ayat in this regard, Allah Ta'ala says, if the parents were in jahadaka ala antushrik, if the parents even start becoming insistent upon you, they are pressurizing you to commit shirk. The same shirk that Allah Ta'ala warned us about in the first ayat. If they are persisting upon you to commit shirk, obviously you can't obey this. But despite that they are gone to such an extreme, that they are persisting, insisting that you should commit shirk, which you are obviously not going to obey, but you can still not compromise their respect. You will disobey that wrong command respectfully. وَإِن جَاهَدَاكَ عَلَىٰ أَن تُشْرِكَ بِي مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِي عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا But in the same breath Allah Ta'ala says وَسَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا But treat them kindly in the world. That's the ayat Allah Ta'ala says, don't even say oof to them. Regardless of whatever it is. The wrong will be wrong, we won't participate in it. The wrong will be wrong, we won't be able to obey that. We will not be able to compromise on what is the correct way of deen. We will have to remain firm and steadfast on that. And make sabr on that. But that will not give any license to be disrespectful to the parent. This is the aspect that is mentioned in the next two ayat. Thereafter Allah Ta'ala says that Tukmar Salatu Salam gave further advice to his son. Ya bunayya innaha intakum isqala habbatim min khardal fatakun fi sakhratin aw fi samawat aw fi al-ard yaati biha Allah inna Allah latifun khabir Oh my beloved son, now what are these advices? Firstly, make sure your tawheed is right, your aqaid are correct. Now he's developing the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. We many times have given our children advice, but we have told them about business, how to run that business right, we've told them how to manage money, we've told them how to do other things. But how many times we'd advise them about deen? 
advise them about what will be of real benefit to them in dunya and akhirat. What will be of the means of their good in both worlds. This is the message that Muhammad is giving us. Now he is bringing alive the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart of his child. Ya innaha in min khardal. Oh my beloved son, if there is something to the extent of a mustard seed, mustard seed is a very small seed, and something which is lying somewhere, you might not be able to see it. Now this is as an example of something extremely minute, that was the smallest thing which at the time the Quran was being revealed, that somebody could be made to understand. But it is not confined to that. Means something the size of an atom also, something even smaller than that, whatever it can be. No matter how minute something might be, and then this minute particle, if this had to be ki sakharatin, had to be in the depths of a rock. Now, such a minute particle, if it was on top of the rock also, you won't see it. What about if it is in the depths of the rock? Humans can't see it. Then Allah says, Aufis Samawat. This minute particle, if it was in the heights of the skies, or if it was in the depths of the earth. Now this is beyond insan. But what Allah says, Ya'ti bihallah. Allah will bring that minute particle forth as well. He is aware of it. Allah is aware of where it is, what its condition is. If there is a small creature that size somewhere, Allah is aware of it. Allah hears the footsteps of that little ant. Now what is the message in this? Is this just some science, science lesson? The message in this is that Allah, who is the creator of everything, and is all knowing, he's all seeing, he's all hearing, and he's all powerful, and he has that might and power to bring forth this minute particle. Then what about this insan, and what about his amal? If this minute particle is hidden in the depths of the rock, Allah Ta'ala is aware of it. Allah Ta'ala is not aware of this insan behind closed doors and curtains. Allah Ta'ala is not aware of this insan in some foreign country. He's thinking nobody knows me here. I can do what I want. I can go where I wish to. I can conduct myself as I wish. Is Allah Ta'ala not aware when this person is sitting and thinking, he's looking behind his shoulder and seeing nobody around. And he's thinking, well, I can now start looking at what I want on my phone and what I want on my devices. This is the lesson. That all this will be brought forth on the day of Qiyamah. These a'mal and these actions will also be brought forth. It's not that something happened and disappeared and fizzled out in thin air. Yes, if a person has made sincere tawbah, he sincerely repented and come back to Allah Ta'ala, fulfilling the conditions of tawbah, that he has given up that sin. He has expressed sincere regret and remorse upon that sin. And he has made a firm resolution not to go back to it. Then Allah Ta'ala out of his grace and mercy will wipe it out. And Allah Ta'ala doesn't even give the instruction to the angels to wipe it out. Allah Ta'ala wipes it out with his command. So that the angels also don't have, so to say, a favor over this insan that, look, I, I deleted this out of your records. Allah Ta'ala out of his grace does it with his command. But the lesson in this is, don't think something happened and it disappeared. No, it didn't disappear. Allah Ta'ala has everything recorded. Ya'ati bihallah, inna Allah latifun khabir. 
Then further, so this was the lesson of the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. That be conscious of Allah Ta'ala wherever you are. Allah Ta'ala is aware. Allah is watching. Allah is all powerful over me. And it is only His clemency, His grace, His tolerance, that He is not taking me to task if I am doing something wrong right now. But I shouldn't become fearless of that. Otherwise in one moment Allah Ta'ala can make a person blind, can paralyze him, Allah Ta'ala has full control and qudrat and power over him. But Allah Ta'ala gives respite. My banda and servant will come back. He will realize his mistake just now. He will regret. He'll make sincere tawbah and repent. But if a person then ignores that respite and goes on and on, Allah forbid, that sometimes that rope is then suddenly pulled. Thereafter Allah Ta'ala gives us the next lesson that Luqman gave to his son. Ya bunayya aqimis salah. O oh my beloved son, aqimis salah. Establish salah in your life. Aqimis salah, what is the meaning of establishing salah? Is establishing salah that a person, whenever he has the opportunity, fine. If he is too busy, he will see later. If it doesn't happen later, well, khair. No, no, that's not establishing salah. Establishing salah is five times salah a day. And performing that salah with the etiquette, with the adab, performing it in the correct manner, with the, the devotion and concentration that is required. That five times salah, this is our first and fundamental obligation of the iman. Can we imagine Allah Ta'ala's bounties upon us are continuous and limitless. Every second we are benefiting from the limitless bounties. We are breathing, is that not the bounty of Allah Ta'ala? Hold the breath for one minute and then see how we can manage. It's one minute. Try and hold our breath, maybe don't try it because it might become too dangerous. For one minute we cannot manage without that A that Allah Ta'ala is providing us for free. So every minute, every second we are benefiting from the bounties of Allah Ta'ala. That's just one thing. And then everything else that goes along with it in our physical selves, then that energy that we are walking and talking with, which Allah Ta'ala provided for us through His na'mat, His bounty and food. So Allah Ta'ala's limitless bounties, so in return we should have been commanded to continuously be in His ibadat, in our salah, in something else. But Allah Ta'ala said, oh, no, five times a day only. Otherwise it was within the right of Allah Ta'ala to say, not five times, fifty times, hundred times a day. Continuous, limitless bounties are showering upon us, and Allah Ta'ala says five times a day only. Only five times. And if you add all those five times together, it might not even add up to an hour and a half, two hours of the farz and sunnah and So out of the 24 hours, Allah Ta'ala asked us for this one hour, one and a half hours. But this banda keeps, the servant of Allah Ta'ala uses the 24 hours, Allah Ta'ala's limitless bounties, Allah Ta'ala's favors, and that one hour he can't give to Allah Ta'ala. That is five times a day. Now this is something that we cannot afford to delay for half a day also. We cannot afford to delay beyond Asr also. Alhamdulillah we are here in the masjid for Jumu'ah. We have to be in the masjid for Asr also. We have to be in the masjid for Maghrib and Isha. We are far away from some masjid. That's a different issue. We have to be in the masjid tomorrow morning for Fajr also. When the Mu'azzin calls out Hayya ala salah Hayya ala al-Falah This is a call from Allah Ta'ala. That come to salah, that Allah who has provided for us 24 hours 
every second limitless bounties. And five times a day Allah is saying, only come. And after taking the limitless bounties, you know, I can't come five times also. That is a major ingratitude to the bounties and favors of Allah Ta'ala. Look, my Salatu Salam is giving this lesson. The month of Ramadan is coming. Salah is not for the month of Ramadan only. Salah is every day. MashaAllah, the month of Ramadan, we become very conscious. Let us become conscious from now. Let us start bringing ourselves onto the pattern of Ramadan from now. Inshallah, that pattern will continue after Ramadan also. So, our five times Salah from now. So, he says, Ya Bunayya Aqimis Salah, Wa'mur bil ma'roof, Wanha anil munkar. And, oh my beloved son, enjoin the right and forbid the evil. That this is your duty. Allah is giving us this duty also. That we have to constantly be enjoining the right and forbidding the evil. Ud'u ila sabili rabbika bil hikmah wal mawizatil hasana. In another ayat, Allah gives us the manner of doing this with wisdom, with good counsel. But this is our own going duty. That with hikmah, with wisdom, we keep advising, we keep enjoining the right, we keep forbidding the evil. And when we will constantly do this, then we will be the ones who are benefiting ourselves first and foremost. Our du'as will be accepted. Otherwise, due to neglecting this Amar bil Ma'roof and Nahin and Munkar, as reported in other hadith, a person's du'as also are not accepted. And we will be saved from various difficulties and calamities that come due to neglecting this very important injunction in deen. So he says to his son, Wa'mur bil Ma'roof, Wanhan in Munkar, and when a person will be enjoining the right, forbidding the evil, the first benefit comes to him. When he keeps doing this, he himself will become more conscious of what he's talking about, what he's calling others towards. What he is enjoining upon others, he himself, inshallah, will start practicing even better. What he is refraining others from, inshallah, he'll stay even further away. So sometimes a person may not yet be fully practicing upon something. But that too doesn't mean he should not be enjoining the right and forbidding the evil. That inshallah will become the stepping stone for him also to start practicing. And then he says, وَصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا asabak." That in doing the right thing, many a times a person is then faced with some obstacle. Sometimes a person wants to do the right thing, people are discouraging him. Somebody is sometimes making some comment. Sometimes somebody is even wanting to be uh, doing something maybe forcefully, or to forcefully stop him from the right. But Allah Ta'ala says to us, وَصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا أصابك. That yes, in doing what is right, there will be challenges. But that is the time of sabr. When a person will adopt the sabr, then this is the part to get closest to Allah Ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Allah Ta'ala is with those who adopt sabr, not just in only when there is some difficulty and calamity, in all the challenges that come. In fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala, whatever challenge comes, that's sabr also. In min azmil umur. This is something that requires great courage. And those who Allah Ta'ala is blessed with this courage, they can undertake it. And then the last advice he gives him, the crux of this advice is, وَلَا تُسَعِّرْ خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ وَلَا تَمْشِ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحَا Don't ever be proud. Don't deal with people in a proud manner. Don't be boastful. Allah Ta'ala does not love a boastful person. Allah Ta'ala does not love a proud person. Allah Ta'ala loves a person who is humble. 
person who doesn't have any airs about himself. A person who doesn't have that kind of story that, do you know who you're talking to? And do you know who I am? No, his story is, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. He doesn't have anything about, you know, who I am. He's a humble person with whoever it is. Whether it is somebody outside, whether it is with people within his four, the four walls of his house. He is not a meek servant outside and a tyrant inside. He is a humble servant of Allah Ta'ala everywhere. Yes, he will not compromise on the principles of deen, on the laws of Allah Ta'ala, but he will remain a humble servant of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the advice that my Salatu gave to his son. Allah Ta'ala gave us these advices and Allah Ta'ala preserved it in the Quran Sharif for us till Qiyamah so that we practice upon it we start becoming those kind of servants of Allah Ta'ala who as the advices were related to us that our aqidah and belief is completely clear and correct our iman is corrected and then the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is developed and in between we spoke about the rights of parents the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is there salah has been established in our lives we are fulfilling the responsibility of Amar bil Ma'roof and Nahyan al Munkar and this branch of akhlaq one aspect of akhlaq was discussed that bring humility, remove pride. This brings alive the whole branch of akhlaq. That to adopt good, good character and have that humility that Allah Ta'ala loves. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.